0: Hello, and welcome to AMP by AMA Omaha. I'm your host, Jordan Maddox-Copp, the current president of AMA Omaha, and today I am amped to welcome Megan Longo. She's the marketing director at Builder Trend and also a founding member of the AMA Omaha Executive Advisory Council. Megan, we are so glad to have you here today. Hi, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Yes, this is great. We've had several other conversations with the rest of our Executive Advisory Council. So Megan is here to really bring it home. We're going to have a great time today. Um, and as usual, it's a friendly conversation about all things marketing. And we are going to dive into Megan's background first, because I think that is always the most interesting part of yeah. anybody's story is how do they get where they are? Sure. So First things first, I mean, of course, how did you get into marketing? Was this a known career path from some formal education, or did you move into the industry once you were already a working professional?
1: Um, the latter. It was. It happened by accident, um, and actually very organically as I was looking back at my career and kind of analyzing how did I get here. Um, you know, there's different parts and pieces from my experience, both my education and all the jobs that I've held that have really gotten me here, and I think... Um, you know, it's, So let's go back to college. I went to uh, University of Kansas, and I actually went in for a degree in journalism, news and information specifically. So I held that job, every job on the newspaper where I was a reporter, a writer, a copy editor. But simultaneously, I was the production manager of the production department. So I was working cross-functionally with our account execs who were selling ads to clients who were placing ads in the paper. I was working with the creative services team who were creating the ads, and then at the end of the day, I would take all those insertion orders. I would lay out the paper, and then I would communicate with the news editor how many column inches is that a term we still use today? I'm not sure, but you know, I'm print, sure somebody does. Absolutely, is really it's a involved, throwback. Definitely a throwback. But um, I would let them know, you know, how how much room they had for news, and then it was my responsibility to ensure that all the ads got placed in the paper, and that um, once the news was in, that it was out the door to the production. Um, the print facility, which was actually the local paper in Lawrence. And so that taught me a lot about, um, you know, uh, workflow and, you know, executing. And so, um, you know, after I left Kansas, I had emerged with all these skills in writing and editing and researching and thinking critically and creative thinking. But then I paired that with my production skills that I had um, learned. And I took a job out of school at Oriental Trading Company I worked in the creative department there, and that exposed me even to an even more sophisticated process of the world of production. So I was working with merchandisers who were curating the catalogs, and I was working with the copywriters who were writing the product descriptions, and I was working with a studio manager um, with creative direction on how to shoot, you know, the product shots and oftentimes participating in those product (laughs) shots, which was kind of a fun perk on the side, Um, but You know, and then the whole process of putting a catalog together. So from, you know, like I said, gathering all the assets, getting it in place, going through the QA process um, is quite lengthy. But I think that's where I really was introduced to the concept of brand standards and consistency and design and voice and making sure that that logo was properly used. And And not always bigger. (laughs) Absolutely. Not always bigger. Bigger is not better. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I'm told, make the logo bigger. Everybody. It's so big, you're going to have to turn the glass just to See so the let's full. get the full yeah yeah no mm. I'm always I'm the queen of saying make it 10 to 15 percent smaller
0: yes I don't know it's a very That's specific a good rule range of thumb. it's you a know? good rule of thumb
1: yeah yeah so from um, oriental trading company which p.s. was a super fun job right out of college um so much fun so many knickknacks everywhere so much celebrating and wearing random hats <laughs> um I took a job um I think this was a, this next job was a really pivotal moment for me. I, I went to work for Loretta Carroll at her PR agency called Carroll Communications. She had a very, very small shop, but just such a variety of clients. And it, that was where I started to really add to my marketing toolkit. So, the the best thing that ever happened to me was Loretta, because she would just throw me into the fire. Mm-hmm. She says, you've got the journalism skills, you've got the writing skills, you have marketing knowledge, but we're going to really help you exercise it here. So she would say, go write this press release, go write this um, event script, you know, help me with um, create and execute this digital marketing campaign, write this newsletter for our dry cleaner client, <laughs> work with this creative agency on a rebrand for this religious institution. I mean, there was everything from digital... It was a smorgasbord. It was a smorgasbord. Yeah. And I really, really, I think, started to get exposed to this amazing and creative world of marketing. And I, that's when I kind of fell in love. Well, one of her clients was Kona Grill. And uh, nationally, Kona Grill, not just locally. And so some of the things that we did for Kona was to help you know expand awareness in some of their new markets. We would I would cold call local businesses and invite them to a happy hour for free, at Kona. Um, We also did a lot of direct mail drops. And when they opened new stores in new markets, we would travel to those new stores because we had coordinated all of their soft opening events. So we would find a local charity um, to partner with and um, handle everything from all the event logistics to, you know, who the main speaker would be and what their speaking points would be and RSVPs and making sure that, you know, the tables were pretty, but also on brand with Kona and, you know, kind of mix that special event with their restaurant experience. And that's what launched my next career um, move, which was at Flagship Restaurant Group.
0: And many people are going to be familiar <laughs> with All Things Flagship.
1: Yes, All Things Flagship. They really have a great footprint here. And I started with them back in 2009. You know, they were four stores deep. They had two concepts. And at the time, their founding members were doing the marketing, as is the case with many small businesses. Um, so their CEO, their COO, and their president and architect were the ones that were trying to get, you know, the website designed and get the copy and the content on there. They were designing the menus. They had designed, the architect design the logo. Blue's original logo and Roja's original logo. And they had no brand standards. They had no messaging strategy. They had nothing except for these beautiful restaurants, these incredible experiences, this good food. Their product was good, right? So it was selling. Um, So when I started with Flagship, um, one of the first things I did was helped to establish a Facebook page in 2009 businesses were barely treading into those waters and so and here you go and here we go and you know I don't know if you remember those days but I'm sure you do you would make a you would first of all we got on Facebook and instantly got like 10,000 followers and then um, you'd make a post and get like 500 interactions just out of the gates right everything was so organic and beautiful um, Twitter was brand new we launched a, a Twitter Twitter presence, I guess, I started to delve more into reputation management and actually responding to customers who would give us negative reviews and or thank them for their positive reviews. And so that's when I really started to realize that brands needed to humanize. Brands needed voice, right? A product, a a food, um, a restaurant, they're all inanimate objects. They can't speak for themselves. It's humans behind the scenes that are running them. How do you make that connection? How do you make that connection? That's right. And so, and it goes beyond the experience in-store. Or the experience, um, the buying process, right? That's a lengthier process. Whether you're buying a piece of software, buying software to improve your business, or whether you're looking for somewhere to eat at night, there is um, a research process, right? Where you're going to go and look at their social media pages. You're going to go read some reviews. You're going to go look at their website to really understand. Maybe, maybe you're going to go listen to their podcast. You might, yeah, you <laughs> might just to say, what is this company about? What's their what's their culture? What's their what's their voice? What's yeah. their voice? Um, and I think that you know, it really impacts your buying decisions. So, um, gosh, with Flagship, I was there for almost nine years. And in my time there, we evolved Blue as a concept um, several times. Um, we got to part – we, as in the marketing team, got to partake in the um, – creative process of building that brand experience so taking what you're seeing in the online space and ensuring that it matches up with the experience mm-hmm. you have in the restaurant and then the follow-up process afterward um, staying on their radar um, there was so after I left flagship I think there were five concepts at the time and almost and then one on the way um, at the time I left we had 15 total locations. And now that is already spiked up to like 24. I mean, their growth has been really impressive, but pretty steady. Um, So anyway, marketing team was really focused on growth strategy, choosing locations. Believe it or not, there was a very smart um, algorithm behind that having to do with target audiences. Absolutely. Using using software to make sure that we were choosing locations that were our primary, secondary, and tertiary audiences were. And making sure that co-tenancy was good, right? You want to partner, you want to be next to brands that are... Of the same caliber. Yes. And you also want to make sure your competition isn't terrible. So yeah. you got to look at the full trade area. I want to make sure drive time is good. You want to make sure that parking is, is accessible. So um, we kind of manned the software behind some of those selections. And then and when it comes to going do, to do a site visit, you can't, you know, all the data can't tell you, is this really no. an attractive place to put my business? So you walk in and you can actually envision it. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, on the front end of go-to-market strategy, we helped with location stra- uh location selection and just navigating the market, partnering with local PR firms to make sure we were you know, utilizing expertise um, with people who were familiar with those particular markets, building up kind of a campaign to get general awareness around our concept. Because when you go outside of Omaha, or you go outside of Lincoln, mm-hmm. aside from markets like maybe Minneapolis or Des Moines or Kansas City, they don't know who you are. No. I think we take that for granted. Sometimes, and it's a, and we it's did. a different
0: vibe. I mean, it truly is. Like when you get, when you compare something Midwestern to a coast Mm -hmm. or Texas, Mm -hmm. I mean, it very much is a different mindset, a different customer. It doesn't mean that you won't be successful. It's Mm
1: -hmm. just, you need to meet them where they are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, all in all at flagship, it was just a lot of, um, curating of the brand experience. Um, Shaping brands that existed, creating new brands, trying to remain on the forefront of restaurant trends, being um, building relationships with our customers and keeping that conversation alive and on online platforms. You know, surprise and delight was one of my favorite things was rewarding and surprising customers with gift cards. And by the time I left Flagship, there was um, they were experiencing the restaurant industry was experiencing a, a digital renaissance. So that's a ride right around the time I left 18 months ago. So. That was around the time where Uber Eats and Mm. um, DoorDash started to emerge and Mm Grubhub and restaurants really had no choice but to start partnering with those Institutions because people now expect, as you and I probably do too, as consumers, we expect instant access and we don't want to get off our couches, right? Just like we can order with a click from Amazon and get it the next day.
0: I mean, sometimes there's a cat on that sofa. You want to stay.
1: (laughs) Just saying. And you just want to cuddle. You just want to. You just want to cuddle. So (laughs) it was, I think that um, Flagship is now in the thick of all of that. They have an app now and they have um, an online ordering partner with a vast network of, um, I don't think they're doing deliveries yet, but it's becoming a bigger part of the business and a bigger share of their sales is this, you know, order ahead for delivery or pickup. And, you know, that means changes in the way they build their restaurants. It means changes in Mm -hmm. in how they staff. It means changes, changes in in everything and workflows, workflows, yes, everything. So I'm I'm sure they're having um, a grand old time with that. Um, Integrations as I was on my way out, were very, very tricky with our point of sale system and some of those, but, how, how exciting, how exciting yeah. for them. So, um, but yeah, now I'm at my current role at Builder Trend. I've been there for 18 months. Um, it's been the fastest 18 months of my life and um, I'm liking it.
0: I mean, that's
1: really interesting too, because I mean,
0: it seems like you had such a vast, amount of different experiences at flagship right like you you were really from the front of shop to the back of shop to behind the scenes like really appreciating the whole process and after you've been through a long standing career like that like what drew you to the new opportunity at builder trend what was the the call
1: yeah the call was you know my gosh i'm almost 40 years old and i've spent 9 years of my life here and it's been a journey and experience and i've grown so much in my experiences but i probably should see what else is out there I just had that moment, you know? And I had a conversation with one of the founders of Builder Trend, and that's where my search stopped. I knew right away that something special was happening there. Um, I had a conversation with one of the founders, and I was like, who? I mean, I knew Builder Trend, I knew of them. But I had no idea the scale of their business and their market dominance in their particular vertical and SaaS. Um, I had no idea how big the company was. I had no idea how many customers they had. I had no idea they were already twelve years old and very mature. I mean, it was just they had grown up here so quietly and so under the Mm -hmm. radar. I thought I need to be a part of this and I need to help tell their story. Yeah,
0: get it from behind the radar to to out in front and center. Yeah, and that's I think. I mean, I mentioned this in some of the notes I sent you, like it's so evident over the last couple of years, I mean, two-ish years, they are loud now. I mean, and they are, you, you hear that brand. It resonates. The idea of that culture-based branding really resonates and is so strong in the Omaha market. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think that that steady drum beat was always there and just needed a kick? Or do you think that you know it's more of an organic growth, and there really just does become a point where a company gets comfortable enough in its own skin that it can yes. become
1: that? I think I think what you just said is it nails it. Um, you know, they really hadn't started to experience their exponential growth until um, I would say in the last five years, and they've been growing by fifty percent year over year in terms of um, customer acquisition um, for several years now. And what they needed to do was just hire right, to feel that growth. So one of the first things that our marketing team did once we incorporated 18 months ago um, was to rebrand. We didn't have a brand. We had a brand. It existed, right? There was a culture in place. There was an origin story. There was, you know, there was an incredible office and vibe. And, uh, you know, the story just wasn't it wasn't wrapped up in a pretty package. And so, part of that rebrand, we took a really hard look at the organizational psyche at BuilderTrend. You know, how do people feel about their jobs here? How do they feel about their human experience here? How do they feel about our product and what it does for customers? Um, and we defined that. And we put, you know, a persona around that, mm-hmm. and we gave it some personality traits, and we devo- um, developed a voice style guide. And, you know, we developed a brand that I think that people can really rally behind. And for a lot of people, brand means a logo, or it means, you know, colors. And, but we tried to, and then we've tried really hard to not only instill this message of what brand really is, um, not only on in an internal level, um, to bring more pride to our people, but externally. So as you're mm-hmm. seeing out about in Omaha with some of our PR efforts, with some of the awards that we've worked really hard to apply for and win to help boost our status. Um, so yeah, that I think that was one of the first things that we did um, because I find brand um, and messaging and identity to be foundational. And I'm sure you do too. You yeah. yeah. can't really do anything without those
0: Bibles. Completely. And I mean, that's why... I was really looking forward to this conversation today because so often I think companies make the mistake of assigning culture as an HR function and branding as a marketing function. Mm-hmm. And when you leave those two in their silos, you just miss out on this tremendous opportunity, which is exactly what Buildertrend has capitalized on. I mean, they've become one in the same, which is phenomenal. I mean, sometimes that's a scary leap for a company to take to allow so much of the personality to become a part of the brand, you know, from the public side of things, clearly you want the personality on the inside of the house. Mm -hmm. But so one of the things that I pulled that I wanted to talk about today is a quote from the CEOs of of Zappos because they are famous Mm -hmm. on their culture. And he's been quoted as saying, your culture is your brand. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I was like, this is the perfect conversation. Like if I'm going to have a guest on this show, Megan from builder trend is the one to (laughs) kind of dig into this conversation just based on, you can really see the manifestation of that quote in the way that you guys are
1: projecting who Builder Trend is. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely believe that brand and culture are very closely interwoven. They are one and the same, truly, because you can't have a brand, you can't have a successful brand or communicate your brand's message successfully without being authentic,
0: right? You can feel the authenticity. Like when you look at your town hall photos, you mm-hmm. can feel it. like, And that's what... I think it's so nice because there's nothing forced about what's happening
1: there. Yeah, like it's genuine. It's genuine. There is a real, real sense of community at Builder Trend, despite being 500 employees strong. Um, we seem to find a way to celebrate, and that's something that again is instilled by the founders. They believe in celebrating. They believe in taking a moment to, um, you know, come together and you know recognize each other. And gosh, we celebrate a lot, but we work really hard. Um, and Work the, hard, play hard. That's right. That's Nothing right. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with that. One of the
0: things that I think is so cool is the different, like very tactical measures that you can see you guys bringing together yeah. culture and brand as a part of an overall marketing strategy. Sure. Like Builder Trends culture has its own hashtag, which yeah. is incredibly empowering. Mm-hmm. What would you say if somebody asked you to break down Builder
1: Trends culture in two to three sentences? Okay. I'm going to do my best because our culture is so many things. I don't want to water it down. Um, You know, Builder Trends culture is a place where really hardworking people can come and uh, build their careers. So it's a place where you can't just show up and collect a paycheck and disappear in the background. That won't fly. Um, Every single person there has a purpose. We have hard goals we have very clearly defined objectives. And when we meet those goals, we celebrate. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people focus on. But that aside, you can actually really build a career career there. Um, Last year, we had 60% of our workforce be promoted or take on new roles. And by new roles, I mean, sometimes they would cross into a different department and something they were interested in. That happens a lot in our marketing team, actually. But also, we have been creating roles that didn't exist. I'm doing that you're every scaling day. In up. We're scaling up, mm-hmm. and so, man, if you're really interested in something, um, come to Builder Trend, get some experience, learn our product, and, uh, you know, go over to the product team and learn a little bit about what we do in product. and the engineering team, come over to marketing and learn a bit. Learn a bit about what we're doing there. And and if you're serious about wanting to pursue a career in something that's different, we will find a way for you.
0: I mean, I love that. That that to me is like that stickiness. That yeah. sometimes companies again lack because yeah. they're not looking internally at the talent that they've already attracted. So, yeah. again, that's all a part of branding. Yeah. Like, you're speaking to the internal audience just as much. So, sure. one of the things I definitely wanted to touch on is at Builder Trend, how does the marketing and public relations arm of your company support the culture specifically? Like, we'll talk about the town hall events in a little bit because I'm fascinated by those mm-hmm. and I love seeing the images of those on social media. But, like, what are some of the other day to day ways that marketing and PR out there really hustling for the culture side of the company?
1: For sure. So we partner very closely with our recruitment and HR teams to focus on the employee experience. So our marketing team is charged with the task of focusing closely on our customer experience for, from an awareness and acquisition, onboarding, retention, all the things, but also the same journey experience for our, our employees. So um, we do this in a number of ways. So the aware, on the awareness side, um, we really – amped up our social presence. So uh, just over a year ago, we actually did create that Builder Trend Life handle on Insta because our original Builder Trend handle, which I believe is a place where we should be focusing on builder-focused content and product content, um, we also were mixing in like, oh, we're having happy hour beers, and here's our town hall, and do people care about that facet of the brand? Absolutely, but I really wanted to separate mm-hmm. the two. Um, and so, our Builder Trend Life handle is a place for us to really, you know, uh, present what life is like inside of our four walls. And you know, it's a place for our employees to engage and post and t- um, tag. But it's also a place for you know potential talent that we're recruiting to see what it really is like. And it truly is is what you see. It's n- yeah. none of that is fabricated. That's all authentic content. Um so we have the Instagram profile. we are we just finished working with the recruitment team, our talent acquisition managers, on building out a social calendar for them. So we're feeding them content, and we're helping to write some of the things that they should be um, promoting as part of their recruitment tactics. And so those Absolutely. are things that they're using utilizing on their own personal LinkedIn pages to promote builder trend. Um, we help them when they um, go to uh, career fairs. So, career fa- career fair season is um, heavy in the fall and heavy in the spring. And it used to be that they would just sort of show up, sort of show up with the table. But now we're working on you know a roadmap to when they're going to go to Iowa State University or go to the University of Kansas. And these markets where Builder Trend doesn't have a heavy. Well, univer- I take that back. Um, Iowa State University knows very well of our company because we recruit heavily from their engineering school there. But um, we start to prime our, the audiences there to let them know we're going to be there and what they can expect when they visit our booth. And then now we have a follow up strategy for when we, yeah. you know, um, collect those applicants or we get you know names and email addresses from people who might be interested in a career with us, depending on where they are in their college career. Um, so it's a little bit more thought out, right? Rather than just right. showing up, it's a little bit what happens on the front end and what happens on the back end to keep these people engaged. Um, aside from that, we really, uh, we launched our first ever focus on PR in the past year. Or so almost a year ago. And part of that, the main goal was simply recruitment. We had a very ambitious goal in 2019 to hire hundreds of people. And, um, and you're looking for pretty specific talent in a lot of those areas. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the software development side. Yeah, absolutely. So we had to get, um, we had to hustle to launch. I mean, we were fresh off the rebrand in January of 2019. So good, then momentum. Then, good, good momentum, good momentum there. leading into that, and then we started um, PR strategy, which included some awards. So that's when we campaigned for best places to work and won. Um, we applied for and won an American Business Award as Customer Service Department of the Year, which is great for people who are seeking a job on that. Right? I think Absolutely, that says a lot about credibility, the success, and the, yeah, the credibility of the department and the leadership. Um, we also. Um, applied for and were a finalist in the North American Employee Engagement Awards. I mean, these are, you know, let's be honest, these are monikers that help us promote Builder Trend, but they're also badges of honor that we wear and help 100%. to like confirm, okay, we must be doing something right. You've stumbled upon a formula. I and have, it
0: works. It works. <laughs> it works.
1: And I do love that. I
0: think it is really important for companies to sometimes stretch themselves and look outside, like you said, just their four walls and be like, where, where can we go to have somebody else validate externally that we really are kicking ass and taking names here like we we are onto something and we're doing it right and it just gives the entire internal workforce a reason to celebrate when those accolades Come down. So, congratulations to you guys well, for thank you that 2019 success. That's wonderful. So, this is the part I've been very excited to talk about because again, the imagery is so compelling every time you see it on social. So, I want you to take us inside a Builder Trend Town Hall and kind of explain what it's like to plan and execute those events, and how long have they been around, and was it always at the size and scale that mm-hmm. we see now?
1: Uh, How long have they been around? I can't quite answer that. I know we've been doing it for several years, going back to three offices ago. So I believe they have been around for quite a while. What is it like to um, plan and execute? Well, now it's a very well-oiled machine. We have an an incredibly talented um, events team on the marketing team that executes that, as well as our employer brand marketing specialist who has a heavy play in it. So um, you know there's 500 people now at builder trend and and counting uh, we all pack ourselves like sardines into our break room so from a logistics standpoint there's rentals they're setting up chairs they're setting up the stage and the lighting um, we really try to make it a high quality production just to you know it's an hour and a half where we're sitting there and you can't just report on company news for an hour and a half and keep everyone's attention captured so we create the program and we mix in some things that everyone can count on every month so whether it's a department leader or someone from a specific department They come and report on successes from the previous quarter. Um, They come in and um, we talk about all the promotions and movements that have been made in the company. We recognize... um, spotlight what we call spotlight employees who um, if you become a spotlight employee you get a thousand dollar voucher for travel and you get a a parking spot right at the front of the parking lot um, for that for the next quarter until the next spotlight employees are named Um, we give away cash and prizes we have food and we have a celebration at the end it's um, it's very high energy. And a new tradition that we have been instilling at every town hall is recognizing all of the new hires that we brought in to build a trend from that, previous, from that quarter that we're celebrating. And we're talking 75 to 100 people per quarter. That's exciting. <laughs> that is so, exciting. So and they each feel special they and want, recognized. And they, and they deserve their spotlight, yeah. right? Like, look at the new faces you may notice. And so we, um, there's a really talented videographer on the marketing team who compiles a creative video and, and finds a really creative way. It's a different theme every time to introduce those um, new hires. So we were the um, headlining sponsor for Maha Music Festival this past summer and the summer before that. And the headlining um, act was Lizzo in August. And so at our October town hall, she did a music video on, um, gosh, what was the song? Was it good as hell? Or I, I don't recall what song. It was one of her great if It was Lizzo. It was Juice. good. Juice. Juice. I think it was it's good. Juice. So anyway, all of the new hires lip synced to this song and had moves and they got their name on screen and it's just a fun way to introduce people rather than saying, Hey, I'm Megan and I knit and I have two <laughs> kids and I drink a lot of wine. I mean, that information's <laughs> helpful too. I'm not mad at it. I'm not
0: mad at it. Um, so far as this exponential sort of growth that builder trend seeing i mean sometimes i think that can be a place where culture can go off the rails right like you're throwing so many new bodies at mm-hmm. a company and things are getting maybe a little more disconnected internally just by sheer volume mm-hmm. right like not everybody's touching the same things that they used to touch every single day yeah. so what do you think the secret sauce has been so far at builder trend to ensure that that culture is still alive mm-hmm. and thriving especially as you're onboarding people like yes you're you're saluting them during the town halls, which is awesome, but what are the other ways that you're really
1: helping transfer that cultural DNA? Yeah, it's so important that they don't fall off after that initial intro. Actually, Builder Trend on onboards really, really well, and this is something that the RHR team has been refining over the years, and I think they really nailed it in the last year. Um, so... We kick it off with what we call meet the manager. So, first of all, when you're hiring at the rate that we hire, you have to do hiring classes. So, you can't just start whenever we have about two hiring classes per month. And then, um, one of the, on each of those hiring classes, they end their day with what we call meet the managers. So Meet the Managers is an hour and a half where um, about 15 members of our leadership team, so our uh, VPs and directors, and one of our founders will introduce themselves, tell our stories, kind of tell them how we got where we are, um, talk a little bit about our departments. And then each of the new hires can introduce themselves and they can say as little or as much as they want. Well, at the end of that Meet the Managers, Dan Houghton, one of our co-founders, will tell the story of BuilderTrend. And he goes way back to the beginning. He talks about the origins when we started in 2006 and why we started. He talks about surviving the recession, which I think is a really important moment. To make sure that nobody forgets about, because I know it was incredibly hard for them to fight through that, and they made it, and they fought through, and that's right. why we're here where we are. Um, they so got grit. They got grit and mm-hmm. determination. I think those two things really define um, what's expected of all of us at Builder Trend, and so I think it's incredibly important that a Dan, our founder, delivers that message and tells that story and talks about you know, you know, work-life balance and how life. So our tagline is "Life is better here." And so he talks about how, you know, the reason our why for BuilderTrend to be an employer, for BuilderTrend to be an employer is so that all of us at BuilderTrend can live a better life outside of the four walls that we work within, right? He preaches a forty-hour work week on day one. He preaches turning off your computer and shutting everything off. And I'll, I'm telling you, I shut down my computer and turn everything off on the weekends. Even I, I mean, obviously, there's times where we have to right. work a little later. But he really lots of companies like to say they do that.
0: No, but, but we really do it. You're absolutely
1: it. right. Mm-hmm. We really do embrace it. And you know, he sets that tone out of the beginning. Um, beyond that. Beyond Meet the Managers, which is always a very, very powerful experience, the way he tells the story, and he thanks people for working for him, and he he talks about how humbling it is, and he does it in such a a way that is so authentic. You feel it, and yeah, it almost brings tears to your eyes to listen to him talk. Um, So beyond that, there is a 75-day onboarding period. Where our, our people um, in their class will kind of go through a rotation and hear from all of the department leaders and hear about how things work and what our goals are, and you know, what are the strategic initiatives for the company this year and how are things going? So they hear directly from those leaders. And then they go through benefits together. And then it, at the end of the day, at the end of the 75 day period, which they're not only always meeting to hear from others people, they're meeting for organized lunches or organized happy hours to kind of maintain. They're creating that. a network. They're instantly. creating a network. Yeah. absolutely. And um, at the end of it, it culminates into this big lunch. And now this year, we're going to launch with one of our community partners, Habitat for Han- Humanity. We are going to do a team build day with those new higher classes at the, on their 75th day. So not That's only. a real celebration. It's a real celebration. Yeah. And not only does that demonstrate in a very real way our. our um, commitment to the community that raised us, but it also demonstrates a day in the life of our customers, right? On the job site. I mean, we're swinging hand Have you ever done one of these? I haven't, but it's, I, it's, it's on my list. Amazing. I very much want to. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun. I mean, you're swinging hammers, you're, you know, nailing things, you're cleaning up, you're sweeping up the job, You're, you're using a, a saw. I mean, it, they really put you in there and it kind of Builds empathy for what our customers do, and on top of that, Habitat uses Builder Trend to um, manage their job sites. So it, there's a lot of tie-ins there with yeah, it. So that is like actually we're really excited about very tying beautifully. That in this year.
0: That's beautifully executed right there. That's yeah. actually connecting a lot of dots, which is fantastic. You know, we're we're kind of bringing this to a close, and having had an awesome discussion of all things brand and culture and the way they fit together. I mean, how do you personally define it? You've been through a lot of roles and now you're at a company that's just kicking on all cylinders when it comes to building a beautiful brand that is complementary of and embodied by its people. So what do you see as what's next or how do you really define that successful formula?
1: Well, I think that, um, creating a brand or defining a brand around your culture, which is what we've done, um, it really has to be rooted in authenticity, and it really for us it's the people, it's our founders. They instill from day one. They establish with that. They set the tone for our culture. They set the tone for what's expected. Um, you know, we really live our brand every day when it comes to interacting with each other. When when we interact with our customers, especially because you know if we're for customer facing and we're on the phone with a prospect or on the phone training a customer, and we can't be ourselves, then you know, they'll see right through that. So I think that, um, authenticity is really the, the key connector between brand and culture. And they are what I believe to be one and the same.
0: I think that's a fantastic way to end. And I actually do agree with you wholeheartedly. If you're not authentic, you can say you're one thing and people are going to see that, you're not so absolutely i mean honestly thank you for walking us through all of this amazing behind the scenes knowledge of the builder trend way um it's been fantastic talking to you megan it was a great conversation thank you for having me we appreciate it and thanks for listening to amp by ama omaha and we hope you will check out our future episodes a media production